I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 362 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I've got an awesome guest for you guys to close out the week. Actor Kenny Johnson joins me today. Kenny is the star of CBS's hit TV show, SWAT. He has appeared on every single episode of the crime drama series. He's also starred on smash hit TV shows such as The Shield, Bates Motel, Sons of Anarchy, and many others. He's also starred in movies such as Run the Tide and Blade. He's a fun guy to talk to. His Instagram page is lit. Kenny Johnson will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between the SWAT star and myself, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys missed out on some of the action from earlier this week, I had the star of NCIS, Sean Murray, on the show here. Uh, He's been on NCIS for 17 years. He just signed on for two more. So go back and check that one out. Next week, I'm going to be hitting you guys with five fresh episodes, including a very special guest on Friday to take you guys into the Father's Day weekend. Make sure you follow me at Alec underscore Lace on Instagram to find out who that is. I do have some major announcements coming up very shortly here, so stay tuned for that. I have to take a second here to just say thank you so much to all of you listeners out there. Fatherhood has truly been a blessing to me, and I love that I have the opportunity to speak about fatherhood with so many awesome dads out there. I owe that all to you listeners. And if there is any hope for the future generations of our nation, it's going to have to come from the parents. We must prepare our kids for the skills necessary to survive in the world, debate the major issues of the day, and take responsibility for their actions. We need to help each other out as dads, share resources and information to help us continue to improve and become better dads today than we were yesterday. All right, so let's jump into it right now with actor Kenny Johnson. As always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with the star of SWAT, Kenny Johnson. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Today's episode is being brought to you by Mellon. Mellon has designed a hat in collaboration with Navy SEAL Jeff Nichols and the Lone Survivor Foundation. This united hat is designed to bring us together as a nation, as a global community, and as neighbors. It is designed to inspire hope in one another and to work together towards positive outcomes. This united hat stands for getting things back on track and working together to get us there. United we stand. The Lone Survivor Foundation will be donating $10 for every Mellon United hat sold. The Lone Survivor Foundation provides a no-cost post-traumatic program to help U.S. service members, veterans, and their families recover from combat trauma. Visit Mellon or tap the link in today's show notes and rock your United Mellon hat today. United, we stand. Uh, Joining me now, First Class Father, Kenny Johnson. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Uh, Thanks for having me, man. It's my pleasure. All right, let's, let's start here. How many kids you got? How old? I have one, and she just turned 11 uh, two weeks ago. So she's like, you know, she's an awesome, awesome kid. She just got a little taller than her mom, so she's really tall for her age. And, um, yeah, man, she's just a, you know, yeah, I couldn't even say enough words that can describe what an insanely cool girl she is. And and I felt that from uh, the day she came out of her mom's belly to 11 years old 
I've never had a bad moment with her, man. So it's been just the biggest blessing for me. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. What type of sports or activities is she into? Um, you know, <laughs> she's into acting. She likes to act. She's done like 21 musicals. You know, she's been in three films. Uh, she's reoccurring on a TV show. So she's into that. She, I got her into volleyball and soccer. I coached her in soccer a couple of years. Um, she didn't like sports when she was young. So I was devastated because my whole thing was, you know, sports through high school. Then I played college and ba uh, baseball and football and uh, went on to arm wrestle and became a you know world champion. So I just love sports, period. And she hated it. And I was so bummed. I'm like, oh, my God. So whatever she liked, I just embraced and kind of went with it and uh, supported her in it. But I got her into uh, volleyball this year through a friend of mine that you know, played uh, down at San Diego State, and he was like a big stud down there. And she came in and uh, absolutely fell in love with the sport. So we go in the backyard, or in the we have a huge uh, living, uh, I mean, a dining area that that has got a big ceiling. So we're constantly playing in the uh, in the living room, and and then we, I get her to throw the football with me every day in the softball, and then we shoot baskets in the backyard. So, you know. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, that's one of those things, like, for myself, I never could have pictured myself playing chess. If you would have told me 10 years ago I'd be playing chess, I'd say, get the hell out of here. But <laughs> my oldest son became interested at a young age, so it's one of those things I learned it so I could play with him, and, it, and, and now we love it. Everybody in the family plays. So you never know what direction they're going to take you sometimes, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just and go with it and, yeah. If you could, Kenny, here, just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm an actor, uh, uh, out here in Los Angeles. I'm from Vermont originally went to college in Connecticut, uh, accidentally got into acting around 24 and I've, uh, you know, started out on the series, uh, Pensacola wings of gold, did the movie blade major league three. I did a movie called the, I mean, a TV series called the shield on FX and then, um, saving grace of Holly Hunter. And then I think I went to sons of anarchy uh, which was a pretty badass, awesome experience. And then Prime Suspect with Maria Bello. And then uh, Bates Motel with Vera Farmiga and Freddie Highmore. And then Secrets and Lies with uh, Michael Ely and uh, Juliette Lewis. And now I'm doing SWAT with Shamar Moore. Shamar, mother effing Moore, he calls himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and a whole bunch of great guys. So I'm in the middle of that right now. Yeah, what an incredible resume you have there, Kenny. And along this journey here then, uh, you, said, you said your daughter's 11. So about how old were you then when you first became a dad? And how did becoming a dad change your perspective on life? Oh, it was like, you know, I didn't meet, I never lived with a girl. And so I thought, you know, unless it's the right one, I'm never going to get married. And I thought it was, you know, kind of past. And uh, I did a movie on the other side of the world and met this girl. It was on her birthday, first day of uh, shooting. Uh, she told me it was her birthday and I'm like oh okay and so she asked me to come out with her and her girlfriend so we did shot the movie she was in it had a small part in it, and then uh came back to LA she was from Canada I was from down here and she just said you know I'd love to come to LA and just hang out for a couple of weeks and so um that came about and then she just never kind of left and it didn't feel it felt right to me so I just went with the flow and eventually we got married and then um at one point, I came home from, I was shooting on, I forget which series at the time, but I remember uh, something inside of me said, it's time. And I went home and I remember I said, you know what? And she knew what I was talking about for whatever reason. I think I think that night she was conceived and um, kind of, I had seen her in my dreams that I was going to have a girl. And um, 
she came out, you know, and, but I mean, she got pregnant. I fell in love with the fact that she was in my, my, my wife's belly. I fell in love with this relationship I had with this girl inside of my, my wife. And then when she came out, it was, uh, I'd always been afraid to even hold a baby, but when, when, you know, Angelica came out, Angelica Scarlett Johnson, um, and we nicknamed her jelly. Um, I just remember instead of feeling like afraid to hold this little baby, it was almost like I became this, I don't know, man, like I felt like I was a gorilla and I lifted her up with one hand and felt this such a protective thing. Like I'm going to, I'm going to protect this little child for the rest of my life. She's my baby. And I, you know, I never had a fear of, you know, holding a baby or that I was going to hurt her. So from that moment on, it was just basically you go into this mode where, uh, Every day and every moment is something, you know, you know, like the first three months we barely slept. I was working, you know, at the same time. Um, and it was just bliss, man. I was like this in, in the ethers in a way and kind of didn't sleep a lot. Did probably some of my best acting because I was so uh, tired and not in my head. Everyone kept saying like, man, I've never seen you like, you know, this is good. And I'm thinking like, I don't even know what's going on, man, because I was just <laughs> trying to survive on fumes. And then. You know, from that moment on, just everything was brand new for me. In my experience, you know, they always talked about the terrible twos or whatever you have. Never had a bad anything with, with my little girl. It's just been like as much love, I think, as you can put into uh, your children, something good's going to come out of it. And I learned that from watching Michael Chiklis raise his daughters when we we're doing The Shield. I watched him as a dad and he was like a super dad, man. He was like the lead of a show, but he would be at every event. Me and Walton Goggins and Michael Chiklis would go to all her, all of his daughter's events. And I just saw how much unconditional love he gave to his daughters and how much his daughters loved him and loved their mom. And I just tried to learn from that. And then, um, you know, kind of do the same thing with my girls, you know, or my girl, <laughs> my girls. Yeah. I got one. Yeah. Very, very well said. And I, I understand that too. Like I had nephew and nieces, uh, before becoming a dad, my, my wife didn't, and she didn't. She had that same feeling of like uh, she didn't know if she was ever going to be able to hold the baby correctly. She felt un she thought she'd be uncomfortable and everything. And we we kind of laugh at that now, looking back and like uh, you know how you were afraid going in, and now you're like this super mom, and you're and you know you handle it with such ease. And so it's definitely a transition that takes place. And one of the things that's been difficult for me, uh, and I'm still learning on the job here, so to speak, is because I had my three boys first, and then got my girl on the end. Is the way that I discipline uh, my boys is definitely di different than the way I'm. Disciplining my daughter. So, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad, and is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Uh, yeah, my, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. My my dad was like a, from Sweden. He was a big Swedish guy, about two seventy six two. And the Swedish guys are strict as can be, man. His dad on him, you know, it was it was very, uh, you know, very aggressive and in. You know, um, I kind of, yeah, it was, my dad did a lot of like the hitting, the belt, the, you know, uh, he didn't have a lot of love for me, especially. He liked my sisters, but he didn't really like me. And so I kind of got this complex where I thought, what if I become a dad and do the same thing or feel the same way towards my kid? Because I didn't really like myself for a long time and I had to go through a lot of issues to overcome that. But I thought if I ever have a child, I do not want to be like that. You know, I, I want to, you know, so I think I had done a lot of work on, uh, yeah, changing that aspect of it. So um, I just wanted to give her everything kind of my dad really kind of wasn't allowed or did, just didn't have the capacity to do. 
and my mom was just very quiet. She was a loving, great woman, but she never really spoke to us and talked very much. So it was all about, you know, making sure we were fed and our clothes were clean and everything like that. But um, it was it was different. So I just wanted to be more hands on about uh, just, you know, giving love and showing by an example and kind of embracing her. And instead of like punishing her for things, you know, to, to talk to her about it. So I explained things. So I've actually think uh, she's might have been grounded once in her life. And that wasn't by me. It was by her mom um, because she, she's just a good kid, man. She's never she doesn't have a bad bone in her body. And I've been I don't know if that's, you know, um, I don't know, just a rare thing. But for whatever reason, I've been really blessed with uh, that. But I will definitely speak up and set boundaries and, and tell her right from wrong if there's something that comes up. But I'm not one of these like I'm going to punish her, you know, but I do know being with boys, you know, very different because their energy is bouncing all over the place and they're a little crazy. And I think I was crazy as a kid. So <laughs> I, I can understand maybe why I got, I got in trouble, you know, a lot. And you have three boys. So how do you manage that? Like, how do you manage that? <laughs> because that's. Yeah, they, they, you know what it is? They they all need a different style of uh, finesse when it comes to disciplining them. Because I have one child, I mean, you could spank him all day and night and it ain't going to make an effect. One kid, you could threaten to spank him and he'll change automatically. So it's like right. one of those things where one kid won't, won't, won't find out the stove is hot no matter how many times you tell him until he touches it and burns himself. So, you, have to, you know, you have to try to, you know, kind of kind of play to their strengths. And it's a, it's a learning process. It really is. So and it's. Uh, yeah. It's been that, and like just how you said there, I think dads have definitely evolved over time. My father, uh, he, he was born in 1930, so he grew up in that Depression era, and his style of discipline that he grew up with with his father was far different than anything that I would have faced even from him. And it's gotten softer, I think, uh, to say down the way, because I, I couldn't imagine uh, being the disciplinarian that my father was, and I definitely have crushed the amount of times I've told my kids that I love them. Uh, yeah. It, it, so far in the game. So it's definitely I think it's it's good. And and there's bad, I, I think, from both sides of it. I think some of that stern discipline is beneficial. But then when it goes overboard, I think it does more harm than good. So it's definitely a balance that has to be found in the yeah. discipline. style. that's why I always love to hear uh, the different philosophies of, uh, of discipline styles from the different dads. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's like the amount of love that you put in or what energy you put into a child, I think, is going to reflect. I mean, you hope it's going to reflect back in some way. And I know like my dad never told me he loved me ever until the day he divorced my mom. And I remember coming home from college and he was following me around the house and he's, you know, always had this weird relationship. Um, and I kept thinking, well, what's going on? Like he's following me. And then uh, before I left to go back to California or not California, but uh, no, I was. Yeah, I was out of college. So, no, I come back from California to Vermont and he just I remember. uh weirdly follow me and then all of a sudden uh right before i left he just said you know i love you in a but he kind of did it in a mumbled way and then he never spoke to me for the next 15 years like you know just cut off all he divorced my mom and then cut off everything with me so it was weird like you know because he never said it my mom i knew loved me and and you know but i don't think you know she verbally said it a lot so I wanted to make sure that, you know, because of the way I maybe felt about myself because of it, I didn't want my daughter to feel that way. So I definitely like let her know, like you say, <laughs> you know, all the time, all the time, you know, and she, yeah. she comes out of her room like every five minutes. She's like, I love you. And I'm always like, I love you. It's just like all day long. She's like, no matter what she does, she stops, she runs out. She goes, 
I love you. And then I'm always, I love, I got to say it back. Cause if I don't, she runs in the room. She's like, I love you. And I'm like, I love you, you know? So it's just like pretty wild, man. I mean, it really is. Yeah. It's definitely drastically different. One of the other things too, like I could never imagine my father, let alone, you know, saying that I love you. I could never imagine him apologizing for anything that he ever did. <laughs> Even if he punished me for something my brother did, like he wouldn't, you know, right. I, I, I find myself doing that, especially when I punish the wrong kid for the wrong reason. And then I find out I made the mistake. Like right. I, I, I own it. And I, and I tell him that I'm sorry. And that's something too, yeah. I think that's evolved in parenting over the years here. And, yeah. um, with your daughter here, what are what are the, the the top values that you're hoping to instill in her? All right, dads. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by Manscaped. Manscaped has precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Let's face it, guys. We're all waiting for those barbershops to open up again because our hair has grown out of control during the COVID lockdown. But with Manscaped's third-generation lawnmower, you don't have to wait to shave that unwanted hair below the belt. And let's be honest, guys, when it comes to the bedroom, no woman wants to walk in and find that love muscle buried in the bushes. Get a smooth shave under your shorts with Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0, which includes the waterproof cordless lawnmower 3.0. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners get 20% off plus free shipping by using the code FATHER at manscaped.com. Visit manscaped.com or tap the link in the show notes. Use the code FATHER and save 20% off. And enjoy all that extra attention she'll give you when she finds that bald eagle. And yeah. um, with your daughter here, what are, what are the, the, the top values that you're hoping to instill in her? Oh, man, just honesty, really. Honesty and kind of, uh, you know, to kind of trust herself, like, and not try to... Uh, conform to other kids and, and try to fit into a clique or a group or, you know, um, you know, just to kind of trust who she is and to know she's enough. Like she's perfect the way she is. And there's going to be people who will like you and don't like you in life. And that's okay. But just, just honor yourself. Like, you know, so I'm always just be honest, be truthful. And at the same time, don't try to be somebody that you're not to try to fit in with other people, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I, for some reason, that was just an uh, innate thing with me in life. And I always uh, was anti-cliques and anti-groups. And I felt it through school, felt it through high school. And I was uh, alone a lot because of it. And it was like, OK with me, because for some reason, my instincts kept saying, this isn't real. This is kind of like, you know, kind of mean, you know, towards other kids. And I see what people do and say, and I could get along with everyone, but I refuse to conform to like cliques or groups to try to fit in or feel good about myself i just you know so i just try to instill in her that she's great at who she is and the right people will come around and surround her and she'll just have a natural connection with them and she'll know when it happens you know like she it's amazing how she's around adults and every adult in like you know that i'm around or or that is in anything she she carries herself like she's an old soul and she's so respectful and she has these conversations with people and is never embarrassed or afraid or fearless. She just is who she is and never, never feels funny about it. And I love that about her because a lot of other kids might, you know, think like, oh, I'm a kid. I'm not supposed to talk to her adults or that, I, you know, I don't really have a connection with them. But she's almost like ageless when it comes to uh, the way she carries herself with other people. She's had that since she was like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now she's eleven. And I love that she's not conscious or aware of like herself. Like, you know, a lot of kids go through this very judgmental thing about themselves and she's doesn't have that. And I really hope that she stays that way, you know? 
Yeah, that's good stuff, Kenny, too, especially it's important because right now communication skills, they've broken down a little bit because of all this technology, just the way that especially I see, I mean, I drive Uber on the weekends and I see it from like the, the college kids, they communicate by, by uh, you know, Snapchat each other in the same vehicle, you know, so yeah. it's like the way that they communicate, uh, you know, and especially now that handshaking has gone out the window, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see even how much further down the rabbit hole we go with as far as eye-to-eye communication and, and being right. able to, uh, you know, uh, hold a conversation, so we'll see how that goes, and, and transitioning it back into what you do here, uh, the way that we consume uh, movies right now and, and our videos has completely changed from from years ago now everything is especially you do netflix hulu all the streaming services and devices so uh, i don't know if it's easier now or harder to get into the business what kind of advice do you have for a parent out there that does have a child that's uh hoping to become an actor or wants to pursue acting as a career <laughs> before the virus i would have a lot to say about that right <laughs> now i don't even i i you know i mean no matter what you want to do in life, you got to follow that passion. Somehow, like we're going to go back to shooting SWAT season four. They want to try late July. They're going to have a lot of social distancing, wearing masks, getting tested before you come onto the set. Um, being further away when we shoot, you know, like with the blocking is going to be different. Everyone's going to have masks and deal with everything very differently. And then we're going to shoot with less cameras, less crew and do it from a distance and then have like close-ups like if you have a medium shot from a ways away they can edit that into a close-up in the um you know when they edit it together so it's a challenge for them so it's interesting to see how they're going to go about it but i mean for me as an actor i'm i'm like truly if you feel like you've got this thing inside of you and this is what you're supposed to do you know don't ever stop following that thing because there's something in there that is I don't know, and an eight thing built in you, and 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 that's kind of what I followed, and through all the rejection and people that said, uh, you're not good enough, you suck, you could never do this in a million years. I didn't really take it personal because you know my dad was one of those, you know, I'm a loser, I'm a zero, I'm a nobody. So I felt so much kind of rejection from him that rejection out here didn't do anything to me. I'm like, it's okay. It's just like this is what I want to do. So I will stay the course and eventually things manifest into the right time, the right people, the right everything kind of comes together and just be ready for it. You know, like study, do your thing and be ready for it because there will be a system in place when they do start shooting movies and shows and people will get cast for it. So, you know, don't stop following your dreams, you know, you know, and just do the whole social distancing and everything that we're supposed to until they come up with, um, a vaccine or a way to deal with it or that we have to deal with it in society. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those firm believers that just follow your dreams, put in a lot of hard work, do everything you can to be the best you can as if you're going to be hired tomorrow and just be ready for the moment, you know, because you're as good as what you do and people remember you for that. And it's like, what do you have to say in this world and why, you know, I always tell people like, Oh, you know, cause a lot of people might want to get into it for the wrong reasons. Like, I just want to be famous or I want to be on TV. But it's like, for me, that's not how it came into my realm. And, and uh, so I felt like, you know, there was something I needed to say and share and do. And it wasn't really about people ever watching me or anyone liking me. But I felt like, you know, it was something that spoke through me that said, this is what you're going to do the rest of your life. So I followed it and it wasn't anything I even planned on, but I kind of honored that. And, and no matter what anyone ever said about how, again, I wasn't good enough or I couldn't do this in a million years or all the people that call my agents or managers and say, 
this guy sucks. Why are you even sending him out, dude? This guy's the worst guy, actor in the world. I kept thinking, nah, I mean, I've got severe dyslexia. I can't do cold readings. I can understand where, you know, either the writing might suck and I'm not good at that kind of writing or I couldn't really read the stuff. But either way, I thought eventually the right kind of writing and, and energy would come into my realm. And I work on my dyslexia, which was severe at the time. Um, and I could read better. And eventually it all came together where uh, it popped. And when it popped, it was almost like something told me it's time. And when it said it's time within three months, my whole life changed. And then 23 years later, it's been like one of the most, you know, I don't know, magical carpet rides I could imagine. Yeah. And very inspiring stuff, Kenny. That's awesome. And, and, and like, you say, like you say there, too, um, with the corona, it's almost sad now. We're all watching, the, you know, a lot of people watching Netflix and Hulu now at home. And it's like you're watching all these shows where everyone's going out. They're together. They're at restaurants and bars. They're like, man, that looks nice. Like, you know, it wasn't yeah. that long ago we were doing it, you know. Right, 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 right. I know. And I'm like, is that fake now? Is that never going to happen again? <laughs> it freaks me out even. I'm like, my God, like, you know, this is all brand new for everybody, man. It's like, yeah, it is. And, and what, what about uh, as far as yourself here now? I know that this has got everything kind of on hold, but what kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself in the future? Uh, you know, yeah, there's um, the Tempest. Somebody like rewrote the Tempest into a modern day trippy uh, kind of um, interpretation. So that movie, I've worked with these filmmakers, done a couple of films they want to do that. There's another guy that has a three picture deal with Universal and he wants me to uh, be the lead in one of them. Then there's an R.L. Stein, um, you know, adaptation from a book that they're writing into a movie that they want me to play one of the lead characters in that. And then there's uh, another, <laughs> there's all, you know, there's things coming up, but then I start to think like we're going to see how many are greenlit now because of uh, what's going on. So, you know, depending on my shooting schedule is SWAT, because that usually takes like nine months out of the year. So to fit that space into where I could shoot uh, a film is usually really difficult. You know, so, um, you know, I try at the same time to just get my daughter ready. And there's a lot of people that have actually asked my daughter to be in films. So if those go, we uh, kind of read those and, and get ready for that, too. You know, so uh, there's always stuff going on. But what, what, what transpires from it? is always a different story because everybody could be gung-ho like it's going to happen, got all these people attached to it, blah, blah, blah. And then it just kind of falls through and goes away. So until it happens, you know, we'll see. Yeah, right on with that. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Kenny, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Um... <laughs> I just say enjoy the experience, you know, try to try to um, just give this unconditional love. I mean, for me, I think everybody's wired differently. So you don't know how you're going to react till actually your child comes out. But to me, it's, you know, it's such a gift to even have the opportunity to be a dad, you know, and to have a child come into the world where you get to actually be a part of raising a child. Because like, you know, when you leave the hospital and then you actually come home and walk through the front door with this little being that you're like oh my god like how are we gonna do this i mean that's just an amazing i don't know man i mean it's an amazing thing that you can't even prepare for but just kind of go with it and and enjoy it and you know again have uh you know i just had a lot of compassion and in love and kind of 
empathy and openness to the whole thing. And so for me, it was like uh, a kid at Christmas getting toys for the first time. You know what I mean? It was just a, a kind of amazing experience. So um, that's it. Even changing diapers was awesome for me. And, uh, you know, the cry for me, the first time my daughter cried, it was music to my ears, you know. And prior to that, when I'd hear little kids cry, I'd be like, oh, what's wrong with this kid? But when my own child cried, I fell in love with the cry. And every time I hear a cry on a plane or wherever, I actually fall in love with all the children around. Like I realize what a gift it is that we get to bring somebody into the world. And so, you know, again, you're molding that child to become the best they could be and hopefully be a positive influence in life eventually. So just give. I'm always like, I love to give anyway. So it's easy for me for whatever reason. I just love to give and I never expect anything in return. So yeah. Yeah, very well said. I love the message, Kenny. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Father. Oh, dude, I love it. I appreciate it. You're awesome. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Kenny Johnson for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was a lot of fun. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you lock it into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. Next week, I got five fresh episodes coming at you. Each one is a banger, including a very special guest on Friday to lead you into the Father's Day weekend. Find out who that is and so much more on my Instagram account. That's all I got for you guys today. Make sure you stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned. All right, to First Class Fatherhood, I'm Alec Lace. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are First Class Fathers. Your half-truths and tears.